Welcome to the Every Nation Rosebank Church Podcast. At our church, we honor God, make disciples, and transform nations. For more information about our church, visit everynationrosebank.org and don't forget to subscribe. Good morning, family. Thank you so much. I want to thank God and I thank you for my parents to be here. My mom and dad, can you stand? <laughs> they are shy. And Manimpati and Tatatabo, please stand. Hey, yeah. When I see my parents, sometimes I thank God for the prayers they've prayed for us and encourage me to pray the prayers for our kids. Even though we detour sometimes, God remains faithful. Father, thank you for your word this morning as we are about to share it. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for ministering to us. Our hearts are open and we ask, O oh God, that your heart may be revealed in Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen. amen. So today I have a privilege of starting a three-part series, and my task is a simple one, is to do the part one and lay the foundations which seeks really to embody the heart of God when it comes to the theme of generosity, and when it comes to the theme of obeying God, starting with obedience, continuing in obedience, and finishing strong in obedience. So it's a great honor and a privilege, and I am also quite aware that the theme of obedience alone can sometimes be hard. But I also know that the theme of generosity in other circles has been abused. And I pray that God, who has a good sense of humor, and leading Pastor Simon and the team to ask me to share about both of them together, coexisting in Christ, I thought, God, you are amazing. But I pray that today may it be a word of encouragement. May it restore and heal in Jesus' name. For the first time visitors, please forgive us. I know that you may be thinking, geez, that one day I decide to go to church. (laughs) This is the topic. (laughs) But the the reality is the, the enemy knows the impact of obedience when a child of God lives in obedience. He doesn't want us to obey. He also knows the the power of generosity. What happens when we walk in radical generosity? He knows. So what what will he do? He will abuse, pollute, and do whatever it takes that we do not live a life of obedience and live in in generosity. So I'm beginning my session today by saying, when we approach this topic, I want us to always remember that it is God who is the founder, the source, and the ultimate example of all generosity. We are not being generous out of our own strength. We are not being generous because God is putting a weight of heaviness over us. He is a generous God. And part of what I want to do is to show you that even when God gave Moses the law, which was not necessarily his intention from the beginning. 
he still revealed his generous heart for his children. We see that in the book of Deuteronomy 8 from verse 1 to 3 and then verse 4. Every command that I'm commanding you today, you shall be careful to do so that you may live and multiply and go in and possess the land which the Lord had sought to give to, to, to your fathers. You shall remember always all the ways which God, your God, has led these 40 years in the wilderness so that he might humble you and test you to know what's in your heart and mind, whether you'd keep the commandments or not. He humbled you and allowed you to be hungry, and he fed you with manna, substance. You see God's provision even when the children of God were deciding to take detours. He provided them with manna. And he says, you know, this manna even your fathers didn't know about. And Jesus is our manna. He says that, um, he, so, so that he might also make you understand by personal experience that man does not live by bread alone, but man lives by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. He continues to say, I preserved you because your clothes did not even wear out, nor did your feet swell these 40 years. Protection and preservation. Even when they were disobeying him, he was saying, my heart for you guys, oh, I can't help myself. Therefore, know in your heart, again, that the Lord your God disciplines and instructs you just as a man instructs his son. He says, I'm giving you these instructions because of a father-son relationship that I'm longing for you and me to have. It is not to make your life difficult. It is not to rob you. It is not to even, you know, cramp your style. I'm longing for a father-son relationship. Therefore, you shall keep these commandments that the Lord is giving you. That you, to live each and every day in his ways. Fear him and worship him with awe-filled reverence and profound respect. This is the heart of God that he is displaying. So he continues to display his heart over the entire book of Deuteronomy. At this point in the journey towards the promised land, Moses is coming to at the end of his life. The Lord revealed to Moses that he will not enter into the promised land because of his disobedience in, 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 in a way. He didn't keep the faith, the Bible says. And now Moses is speaking to a new generation that has risen up. They were 19 and under at the time when their forefathers decided to rebel against God. So God waited 40 whole years to allow that one generation to pass so a new generation can rise again. And this generation that rose again, he is now imparting the heart of God and re-saying re again the commandments of God to them. And he's saying, please, guys, respect this beautiful, wonderful father. Yeah. 
Obey him, but know the heart and intentions of disobedience. Frame your obedience from the fact that he loves you. He longs for a father-son relationship. But he also gives them practical blessings and practical examples of what does it mean, what God longs for, for them to be in a relationship and walk in obedience towards him. These are some of the things that he says throughout the book of Deuteronomy. He says, I want you to live and multiply. I mean, who doesn't want growth in multiples? I want you to be a distinguished people. I want the nations of the world to know that there is actually God who's near to his people. Because during those times, spirituality was there. But people worshipped other gods and images and everything else. You call on them, you hear nothing, no results. I, I want you, the people to know that your laws or the instructions that God is giving you are wonderful. They make you a great nation. These are just some of the things. For those of us who are in business, you know that provision comes from the Lord. He will provide rain in season because the land that they were going into, it was not like Egypt where you can irrigate it with water and pipe. You depended a lot on, if it doesn't rain, you are doomed for that season. So the faith they needed to have in God for provision was amazing. And God says, it's all yours. Come closer. Come closer. Walk with me. And this is the lowest part of God's commandments in terms of the law. In the beginning, God desired us to start, continue, and end in obedience to him. Why? So that we can experience and enjoy him fully and obtain the promise. We see this example of the life of Abraham, where God called Abraham to go away from his country, go away from his people, go away from his family. Why? He says to them, I will take you to the land, I will show you. But these are the reasons that God gave Abraham. I will make you a great nation. I will make you a great nation. I'll make your name famous. I'll bless you, man. Blessing is not an issue. You know, sometimes when you approach God, we think, God doesn't, like, his blessing, if he blesses Pastor Simon, he's running short of blessing you. He's not like other gods. He is so full of abundance for everyone. But you know what he does when he blesses Pastor Simon? He's building your faith that the same way he blessed him, he is blessing you too. Because he's a God of generosity. He loves you. And he says, I love this part, he says, in you, Abram, through your seed, all the families of the world or the earth shall be blessed. Now, Paul is speaking to us in the book of Galatians about this, to say, don't focus on the law, because God wanted even the Gentiles to be blessed through Abraham's seed. This is what gives us, as those who are not Jewish or Israelites, the right to receive Christ and be considered to be part of the family of God. That's so beautiful that through this command, he was embracing the entire world. And you and me are included in that. And he say, and then Abraham, what did Abraham do? 
Abraham went. I can tell you from personal experience that when God speaks, the season change. When God speaks, it's not always easy. I remember when he called my wife and I to leave our ordinary workplaces to start the journey that we are in now. She was breastfeeding on one side, looking at some sort of prospectors and on the other side. <laughs> I remember. I remember that call she made. I remember the time when she's... The, the ad that she saw was for somebody that was looked for... Was, they were looking for employment in this particular company. And he applied to them and say, look, I'm not looking for employment, but I think you don't need someone to be employed. You need a person who can be a partner to your business and provide you with services. God provides for his children. God will provide for you, but we have to go. The scholars are telling us that this, Abraham left heir of the Chaldeans, which was part of a Babylonian system, or it was an established country. It, things were working. There was laws. Things were working. And then God says to him, go from your country. The things that you are depending on that are predictable. Go from your people. He even rubs it in. Go from your father's household. Where am I going, Lord? To the land that I will show you. I need a little bit more to explain to Farai what he, to the land that I will show you. And I believe that some of us are here are having those deep, where am I going with this instruction, Lord? And I just want to encourage you to say, to the land that he will show you. Because it is him who wants, he, it is him who he wants us to depend on. We shouldn't scout how the land looks. If he calls you, he'll provide for you. He will bless you. Abraham went, he started in obedience, and he continued in obedience. And one of the examples I would like to borrow in terms of how he continued in obedience is when he was rescuing his nephew Lot in Genesis 14. In Genesis 13, we hear that God blessed Abraham so much with Lot that the place that they were in was too small for them. This is the heart of God, guys. This is the, it's, I'm not preaching God the hand. I'm saying God the heart. How he looks at you In 14, Lot then gets into trouble. He caught up in a political and military battle between nations. And one of the Lot's servants escaped to tell Abraham of the trauma and the situation that Lot is in. That's in Genesis 14. From verse 7, Abraham goes and he helps Lot and he rescued the situation and the king of Sodom comes to Abraham. And when the king of Sodom comes to Abraham, 
because a lot was staying in Sodom at the time. Verse 7, we are told the king of, of Sodom comes to Abram, and then what does he do? He parks there. Something happens. There's a king of Salem, which is Melchizedek, who appears from nowhere. The Bible says in Hebrew, explains to say, he has no place of origin. No one knows. He appears. And he's also a priest of the Most High, resembling Christ in the New Testament, who is both king and priest. He comes to Abraham with wine and bread. The covenant in the, the, of his blood in the New Covenant, he says, Jesus, the blood and the bread, the body of Christ and the wine, the blood of Christ. And he has done that already in our saviors. He comes to him, and what does he do? The first words that he utters is, Abraham, be blessed. What did Abraham do to deserve that blessing? He was blessed because of God, who he is. And he says, actually, Abraham, I'm blessing you because God gave you victory over your enemies. Abraham sits there. And what does Abraham do? He didn't wait for an offering message. There was no coercion. There was no... He recognized a divine moment. And he responded with generosity towards God. The Bible says he gave Melchizedek 10% of everything he heard. He was not coerced. He was not encouraged. He was not forced. He gave it. After that beautiful act of giving 10%, King of Sodom comes and say, I'll give, you the, I'll give you the money and everything. Take everything, Abraham, from the spoils. These spoils are yours. Just give me the people. And Abraham says, he continues in obedience. He says, I have vowed, I've made a decision, I've made a covenant, I've made an agreement with God that I will receive nothing from you. Melchizedek blessed him, he gave it 10%. So Dom wants to bless him for the work he has done. He deserved that spoil. It is his Spoil anyway. And the king of Sodom says, I want to give it to you. Abraham said, no. I'll show generosity back to you. I don't want to be blessed by you. The king of Salem, Jesus Christ, is the source that I receive the blessing from. So he, he, he didn't make a decision at the point of temptation. He didn't make a decision when offering from Sodom came through. He had made a covenant. He had made a decision that I said to my Lord, I lifted up my hands. I said, I will not receive anything from you. Why did Abraham say that the Bible says? Because I don't want you to say I have made Abraham rich. He who makes you, owns you. If they can make you, they want to own you. 
they will bless you with a condition. They will support you because they know if you're on the other side, you owe them something. And Abraham said, no. Jesus is enough. For those of us who are in business, I implore us to walk in greater faith that God will take care of us. Those of us who are looking for employment, I implore you, believe he will take good care of you. Don't give up on your faith right now. Is that when you are where you are, is the time to step in. Walk in greater intimacy with him. Last year sometime, I went to a client and um, well, and it was an ordinary meeting. I just felt in my heart, I must just go see this client. And when I arrived there, we had a good time, met at his house. Beautiful house. He's... And he made a proposition. And when I looked at the numbers he was speaking about, I thought, God, whoa. That would take my, our business from to something else. I went home, spoke to my wife. There was a check in our spirit. There was a check in our spirit. I'm not talking hundreds. I'm not talking thousands. You could translate it in dollars and it could still be something reasonable. That's... And my wife reminded, it's like, there's a check. There's a check. And I had to go back to him and thank him. And say thank you. But for now, this is the road I have to travel. I didn't know what was going to come afterwards. But I have seen the Lord. He has never let down his children no his children begging for bread God will take care of you and now what he wants to do for us as a people in the new covenant because the children of Israel battled so much to keep the, the law he knew they were going to battle he knew the law was brought in to bring the children of Israel to their knees. To help them recognize that they need a savior. And God said, I'll make a plan. I'll put this law in their hearts. He sent the prophets to declare and implore the people, come back to God, come back to God. God wants to bless you. God wants to take care of you. God wants your marriage whole. God wants your children protected. Respect his principles. Out of love, come back to God. You don't have to carry that weight, it's not yours. It's gonna kill you. It's not meant for you. He says, behold, the days are coming through Jeremiah. When I will make a new covenant, the wine 
and the bread in Jesus Christ. I will put my law within them. I will write it on their hearts, man. That's what he's longing for. He doesn't want your money. He wants your heart. He wants your heart. He, says, he wants it full. He doesn't want to compete with everybody. When Abraham blessed, uh, when Abraham, Melchizedek blessed Abraham, this is what happens. Abraham says no. And he shows generosity to Sodom, the king. But he also says to the king, please bless my allies. Let them have their portion. Generosity of heart. He was content in walking by faith and believing that God will bless him. The law of God was written in his heart. We see this when Abraham, Isaac, now Abraham passes on in Genesis 26. God is giving Isaac the instruction to follow his father's path. And in verse 5 of Genesis 26, it says, Because Abraham obeyed all of my laws. They were not even there, the Mosaic law written on the tablets. It was not there. Abraham lived from the inside out. That's what God is longing for us. Don't try to obey him out of the outside in. It's hard. Christ has done it all. He's writing the law in your heart. He says, he says, I will be their God. Oh God. They will be my people. And each man, each one of us here, will no longer teach his neighbor. That's the heart of God. He or his brother saying, know the Lord, for they will all of them know me. All of them. Can you imagine all of us? All of us knowing him intimately, working with him. This city is too small, man. Our nation will be blessed. We are too many. This nation needs to be blessed, man. All of them will know me through personal experience. Not a borrowed one. When you walk in, you've got your testimony. When he walks in, he comes with his own testimony. Wherever we go, we hope bring us. From the least of these to the greatest, says the Lord. I will forgive them. There's forgiveness in the house tonight, today, this morning. I will forgive them. Their wickedness. That's a strong word. I don't have time to unpack it. It says, I will no longer remember their sin anymore. How did God do this? He's done everything to make sure we can live in obedience. The work is done, guys. God has done everything possible to make sure that we who are in Christ can live a life of obedience. To him through faith in Jesus. And Jesus said, I'm not leaving you alone. I'm leaving you with a comforter. The Holy Spirit. In the book of Romans, chapter 5, chapter 8. Feast on that. And see how God and Christ is the fulfillment of the law. In Galatians 3, feast on that. 
and see how Christ came to fulfill the law. Christ is that promise. Through thy seed, I will bless them. How then do we respond? We respond to this love. We respond to the call to obedience and generosity with voluntary obedience to God. Just, just volunteer. It's such a beautiful thing when you call a child and they come. As a parent, it's like, I've been calling you three times! <laughs> but we do it because it's an evidence of our love for him. If you love me, you will obey me. My commands are not burdensome, he says. And the one who obeys or do my will is the one who truly loves me. And he's speaking about you and I. He saw us on the cross for the joy that was set before him. He endured the cross because he knew we were coming. And the second thing that we do, we do it in radical generosity towards others. And that is our expression, the evidence of the love that God has poured in our hearts. It's not even our love. He gives us that love to respond with that type of radical generosity as an evidence of our love for them. And then God is good. He exists. We can only love God when we are obsessed and feasting on his goodness. When you recognize what could have been and was not. This last two years have shown us. Could have been me. Could have been you. And mercy helping us to be here today. Grace. And we come to him and say, Lord, I surrender. And we say, Lord, how can I use every means that I have? Not just money, because when he grips your heart, your house will be used for him. Not just your money. When he grips your heart, your marriage will be an instrument he uses. When he grips your heart, that's what he's saying. How do we make him known in every possible way? Not out of duty, not out of condemnation, but out of the love that he has shown to us. In Romans, he says, if God he didn't spare his own son, how can he withhold? How can he not give us everything generously? He's given everything already through his son. We are able to take care of the poor, the orphans, the widows, and the foreigner because of God's love. A life of voluntary obedience and radical generosity from a loving heart is therefore possible when it's born out of a deep, deep sense of gratitude to God and his generous love towards us. 
it all starts, continues, and ends in Jesus. As, as we close our eyes and bow our heads, I'm not talking about going to church. I'm not talking about what you can give him. I'm asking you about your heart. Does God have your heart? Have you given your heart to God? He longs. He longs. He longs to bless you. He longs to love you. He longs to restore you. He longs to show you his grace. If you are here in this place and you say, Jesus, Jesus, come into my heart. Can, you have, can I have the honor and the privilege of praying for you? If that's what you have. Please raise your hand. If you are in this place and you say, Jesus, I would like to give my heart to you. Bless you, bless you, bless you, bless you, bless you, bless you at the back, bless you. With our eyes closed, those who've raised your hands, please come to the front. Let's pray together. Let's all rise. Come, let me pray for you. Sister the back, come, let me pray. Brother the back, let me pray for you. If there is a tag in your heart, let me pray for you. Let me pray for you. God loves you so much. God cares for you so much. Let me pray for you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. There's, there's joy in heaven when one person comes to the Lord. Can we give God the praise? pray with me can we help them church say father I come before you I surrender my life to you and I thank you for bringing Jesus as my Lord I make a decision once and for all to follow you Thank you, Lord, that I'm not alone, that your Holy Spirit will help me in this journey of faith. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Let's give God the praise. Let's give God the praise. Thank you, Lord. They will help you. Thank you, Lord God. If you are here as a believer and you have really lived this life with your strength. I'm asking you to consider. You no longer need to live with your own strength. You, you, God brought Jesus. He opened the veil. The curse that God tied in the mosaic law in Christ has been fulfilled for all of us. 
I pray that make Jesus your Lord, not just your Savior. Stop playing games. He loves to show you more of who he is. In Jesus' name. Father, we pray this morning. Receive the praise, the honor, and the glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.